systems go. Prepare for countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Blast off to adventure in the amazing year 400 billion. Obscene, dirty, filthy, immoral. What are you people? On dope? Welcome to the Jamble. Today is Saturday, September 4th, 2021, and my name is Matt. And I'm BJ. And this is episode 757, thejamble.com. Check it out. Usually once a week here, streaming live from the RDABS Discord down there in the old podcast section. You find it. You just click that link and you'll see it. And you'll hear it. You won't see it. No video. Just audio. Because, you know, it's a podcast. <laughs> uh, how was your week? Uh, it was a week, Good. you know. Good. Can't think anything too exciting to happen. Got to have a little sleepover with your friend. Oh, yeah, she did come over. Nice. Yeah, she came over, she hung out, watched some YouTube, you know, murder mystery, whatever type bullshit. You guys are pretty much on your way to having a degree in true crime? What What is that that you're studying? Um, yeah, I don't know. Justice science? Uh, you could call it many things. I mean, I kind of just call it a waste of time, but you guys are like, you guys are true crime detectives at this point. Why would you say that? I mean, I do watch a lot of it, and I retain it up here for the most part. Yeah. It just seems like you, you, you watch enough of that kind of stuff. And then you start to become that kind of stuff. So either you're going to become a true crime detective or a murderer. So I'm not really sure which side you're falling on yet. I guess time will tell. <laughs> I mean, I it's like the detective. It's weird that you watch like... it that much. It's very weird. It's a weird thing to be into. Why? Many people are. I know, and it's fucking weird. You like let let's watch a bunch of slightly overweight, over makeuped ladies talk about crimes that have happened in the past, and then we're gonna like solve them or like what's what's the allure there? Like, are you guys gonna be the ones to crack these cases or I mean, I would hope to be. I doubt that type of shit's ever going to happen, but it gives me something to contemplate on when I'm bored. Okay, okay. You find yourself Not bored quite bored, a bit? bored, but, like, it makes a good conversation between the two of us. Oh, okay. Like, like, hey, did you see any good murders lately? <laughs> oh, yeah, I fucking saw this one. This dude, like, totally cut this chick's head off, and then he was like, oh, it wasn't me, but then, like, he had the head there, and they, they saw <laughs> that it was him. And... Okay. I like the unsolved ones, or the ones that are... Cold um, cases, as they call them in the biz? Yes. It's industry lingo for cases that we don't know who done it. But there are also other cases that you know damn well who did go to prison for it, didn't do it, but they can't fix that. So it's kind of this like open-ended, but you 
pretty well see where that came from and where that went. So you guys are going to like find who actually did it and then exonerate the uh, the person that didn't do it? Is no, that the it's... Goal or? <laughs> no, those ones are like ones that have been tried, but they tried someone else and they're there or they were tried and no longer can be because of double jeopardy or they're dead and their DNA got, you know, kind of burnt. So okay. they can't truly say that person did it type of shit. Like, contemplating on how did that, like, how did the police get there or lack thereof? And how so they can we up. expect you to come out with like your own true crime podcast or what's, what's the next stage of this development here? I don't know. Not, no, 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 okay. no podcast. Saying you said you were bored and had a lot, a lot of time. I don't have a whole lot of time. Just okay. I don't know. You're just bored with the time you do have. I got you. <laughs> I I could give you a list of things to do kind of to keep you from being bored. Fucking background noise. But I don't know if you would like those things. So you oh, just yeah? you let me know if okay. next time you're bored. You let me know. I'll find you something to do. I I can think of five things right now you could do if you were bored. Podcasting, not one of them. Listening to true crime, also not one of them. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. It's super helpful. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> uh, some quick shitcoin updates. Want to let y'all know Daddy Shark launching September 10th and uh, giving away a PS5 and a Wonka Stone courtesy of Sweet Piece of Glass. So if you want to win one, definitely check out babysharktoken.com slash blog. You find it on the, the blog post there. I think it's called like the Baby Shark uh, gimmick or something. Let me see. I, I had a real clever name for it. Let's see if I can pull this shit up right here. Come on, internet. This is why we don't do video. Oh, there we go. So you go to the blog, pump the baby gimmick. <laughs> yeah. So if you uh, go to babysharktoken.com slash blog, hit that pump the baby gimmick uh, post. It's right under the latest SharkCast episode, which we recorded today. And you'll find the form you can fill out and you could win a PS5 or a Wonka Stone or nothing at all. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> so check that out. And uh Yeah. Looking forward to the launch of this. Looking forward to it. Hopefully pumping up Baby Shark a little bit. And uh, if not, well, then, you know, looking forward to a real good exit strategy. <laughs> oh, If it doesn't pump it, it's too late for an exit strategy. Yeah, that, that remains to be seen. Maybe for 99% of the people there. <laughs> not for the treasurer, though. The treasurer always got an exit strategy. <laughs> <laughs> so fucked. Part of that strategy is during development phase, making sure we don't spend all the money because got to make sure there's enough left for my exit strategy. So. Jesus. Uh, I did want to mention, I came across something interesting. We haven't really talked about the whole GME thing in a while, um, but it seems that this whole thing, it's dug up a lot of nastiness in the business finance world, I guess. And I didn't, I don't know if I like just wasn't aware of this or just maybe didn't really care. I definitely care now because like there's so much evidence of like how corrupt and fucked this whole financial system is. So 
and I, I don't, I don't know if care is probably a strong word. Mm-hmm. I find it really interesting that this has been allowed to go on for uh, as long as, as, as it has. Um, but one of the bigger uh, things to surface involve Jeff Bezos, <laughs> Mr. Amazon, right? Okay. Probably richest dude in the world. I think like the top five fluctuate, like depending on the day of like which one of them is the richest, but he's definitely on that list. Um, it talks about how he used Bain Capital to short companies that they wanted to take over. Uh, so instead of like just being like, oh, I'm going to buy this company because like I want to sell books, so I'll buy all the Borders bookstores or whatever. You could do that. That gets expensive, right? So right. In order to make it more finan- make it make more financial sense to do these takeovers, he just used these these hedge companies to short the companies that he wanted until they went bankrupt, or the cost was cheaper than just acquiring them outright. And he did this over and over again in all these different industries and sectors until Amazon number one best business ever. <laughs> Uh, so, and I, I don't know how far down the rabbit hole y'all like to go. I went pretty deep. I'm not going to go that deep on, on the show here. Cause obviously we only have so much time. Uh, I will put a link to the, some of this DD in the, the show notes at the jamhole.com. Um, but I, I did find, find this pretty interesting. It says, what if, and hear me out. What if Amazon could use a company like Bain Capital to do a takeover of the company that had a massive market share that Amazon would like to capture, okay? Like books or uh, electronics or any, anything that Amazon sells now, really. Uh, pet food items and so shit. So basically anything. Uh, then they have Bain Capital bust out that company, using said company to buy up any and all competitors, both online and traditional retail, then declare the company bankrupt taking down all the competition with it. But there's a problem. How do you get Bain Capital to take over a publicly traded company? Hostile takeover? Sure, but that would be expensive. Buying all of the stock uh, would not only be costly, but may also backfire if shareholders refuse to sell. Well, what if you could lower the share price in some way that made it possible to take over the company? How could this be done? It says, as we all know, short selling on its own can't really affect the price of a share, but it benefits when the share price declines. Well, what if you're not really interested in shorting a company to make money off that share price decline? There must be a way to lower a company's share price by increasing the supply of shares on the market. Share dilution. Hmm. Amazon and Bain Capital are not capable of diluting shares of any company they do not control. So how how does this happen? They need a partner. They need someone who has access to a share printing machine. Uh, whoa, who do we whoa, know that whoa. has this access? Of course, the one and only Citadel. Now, if you know, Citadel's the one that uh, was Robin Hood's... Uh, clearinghouse for all of their <laughs> buys and sells. Okay. And when GME was good doing its thing and then Robin Hood was like, sorry, you guys can't buy, you can only sell. That was Citadel. So oh. you see how this is all kind of connected here. Interesting. Um, Citadel can create and sell fake shares, driving the price of a targeted company to the point of either being delisted or bankrupt or both. 
When this happens, Citadel keeps all the money it makes from the short sell, never having to cover their shorts. And we talked about this when this was first going on, that they would just short these companies so much that once they went bankrupt, they never had to close their books on them. They would just leave those positions open because they're, the company's bankrupt now. So those still like live on these books somewhere. And now you're seeing companies like Blockbuster and Sears have these weird pumps in their charts. And people think that that's because of what these guys were doing. Now they're starting to close those books on these older bankrupt companies. And in doing that, somehow it's making like the chart do something. And they're all doing the same thing in relation to GameStop, which is fucking insane. So... Um, they look at it in the way of the usual suspects. If you've ever seen that movie, you'll have Amazon, that's the leader. Citadel, <laughs> that's your dealer. Bain Capital, that's your butcher. You have the Washington Post and the Motley Fool. Those are the liars. Uh, and then they have a plan. Identify the target. Uh, install or acquire man, uh, an inside man on the board of the company, maybe a CEO or CFO. And then you spread rumors about the target through the media. Those are your Washington Post and Motley Fools, the liars. Then you create a class action lawsuit against the company. You fire up the printers and flood the market with fake shares of the company, driving share price through the floor. That's what the dealer does. A company either declares bankruptcy or is delisted from the exchange. Then you perform a leveraged buyout of the company, busts it. Acquire other competition to capture and kill. Then when the company is so saddled with debt it can no longer stand, you kill the company and let the wolves feed off the carcass. Job done. Amazon kills its competition. Bain Capital makes a pile while busting out the company. And Citadel, they keep all the money they made from selling all those fake shares. It's a perfect foolproof plan until it's not. Until enter, it's not is exactly. Enter GameStop <laughs> and the apes. Rut row. <laughs> you know the rest of the story up to this point. Um, I just found that super interesting that, like, that's how business happens, I guess. That's how we do business. That is the, exactly in the world. Business is, as they say, cutthroat. That, yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that I is mean, a it prime doesn't fucking get, example right there. Doesn't get any more cutthroat than that. And those then, big ones on the top, no matter what they were, they did some serious damage to get up there. Yeah. And I found a pretty funny link. It was like a Tony Soprano, <laughs> Sopranos cut with them talking about it's basically the same business model Tony Soprano is involved in in that movie, in the show Sopranos, which I've never actually watched, but I guess I need to now. Uh, so I'll put a link in the show notes to that video. It's like a short, like two minute YouTube clip about talking about it. Uh, so yeah, let me see. Can we? You want? You should check this out right here because this is pretty, pretty amusing. We'll 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 throw the audio in. What does Bain do? Bain's primary business is acquiring companies. It's a group of outside investors who put their money together. Well, I knew you had this business here, Davey. Buy a company. Investing in the companies, making them more efficient. Now the guy's got Paulie as a partner. Any problems, he goes to Paulie. Trouble with the bill, he can go to Paulie. Trouble with the cops, deliveries, Tommy, he can call Paulie. They buy profitable businesses. These are businesses that borrow money to finance their, their takeovers. But now the guy's got to come up with Paulie's money every week, no matter what. 
Business bad? Fuck you, pay me. Oh, you had a fire? Fuck you, pay me. Place got hit by lightning, huh? Fuck you, pay me. Vulture capitalism and profiting from worker layoffs. Take over a company, squeeze it, load it with debt, fire people, make millions, and then yeah, be done so with it. It's a bust out. You get a debt to them, and when you can't pay them, they become your partners, and then they just they fucking eat through everything like fucking termites. You're not the first guy to get busted out. This is how a guy like me makes a living. This is my bread and butter. Some of those companies were struggling, and some of them uh, couldn't be saved. Uh, that's the nature of our free enterprise. It's my nature. Frog and the scorpion, you know. Also, Paulie could do anything, especially run up bills on the joint's credit. And why not? Nobody's going to pay for it anyway. And as soon as the deliveries are made in the front door, you move the stuff out the back and sell it at a discount. Invest in startups and troubled businesses. Apply Bain's brand of management advice. Just ship them. I'll worry about selling them. Red. Fuck blue. Red sells. Bain turned a profit by strip mining these companies. The firms that come under the control tend to have unusually large amounts of job loss. And then finally, when there's nothing left. Fucking shame. When you can't borrow another buck from the bank or buy another case of booze, you bust the joint out. The company ultimately folded, uh, but Bain investors still made out very richly in that deal. They cut our wages. They cut our benefits. They took our retirement package. How much did you lose? Everything, everything. For Christ's sake, Vic, everything. The savings, the business, everything. Mitt Romney and his buddies took $100 million out of the company and let it go bankrupt. I have to go Chapter 11, and then the liquidators will come in and they'll pick through the boat. This factory went bankrupt. 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 After Romney's firm seized control of it. That's exactly what I said. Those companies needed to go through bankruptcy to shed those costs. What's the end? The end, it's planned bankruptcy. So, I don't know, I just thought that was pretty interesting. And even more interesting, the Bain Capital guy, that's Mitt Romney. Like, he ran for president, didn't he? Like, that that just... I thought he was vice president, but, you know, Was still. he? Who, hold on, now I need to know who was this fucker, Mitt Romney. Was he vice president? He's a senator. Okay, yeah, he's a senator. Oh, yeah, he's Utah senator. Okay. Damn. They got us good, y'all. They got us really fucking good. Utah. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's run for president twice in 08 and 2012. Oh, okay. So, Fuck. Could you just do that to the, like the country <laughs> if you became president, Mitt? Does it sound like that's what he's trying to do? Uh, well, I, I, I don't, mean, I don't think he cares at this point. But it's but, interesting but that that came out because of the GameStop thing, because of a bunch of Reddit apes. Like this has been happening for a long time now, and there's a lot of smart people involved in in finance, and it's taken a bunch of fucking Reddit autists to like bring this to light I, I don't know that seems like people were definitely trying to keep that hidden <laughs> obviously you say you don't think he cares but the thing is obviously there's never enough money for that man he really? does care yeah. he's gonna find enough it's just it's like his addiction but then what's the it's end game drug what what's the end game there then you just have all the money and then what like who cares but that's the thing they don't think like that's not how they see it they when you have all the drugs, do you have all the drugs or do you always want to find more drugs? 
Well, yeah, but that's different. I'm not. I'm not chopping up dollar bills and snorting them. You know, I'm spending. No, them on... but that's they're like hoarding that money in their account, having it make it makes them feel good. That's yeah. their drug, and it's just. It Why is. don't it's you weird. just do drugs, Mister Romney? <laughs> All that money. You're they're making. much more satisfying. <laughs> You can use the $100 bill to do the drugs. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's okay. I mean, fuck, he could use a fresh one every time, too. Yeah, like, yeah, you could. For quite a while. You could. Maybe that's where all their money goes. <laughs> I mean, blood boys can't be cheap, right? Uh, I'm sure they, that, that's a real thing. Like in, uh, in the show Silicon Valley, where they... they Hook him up to the blood boy to give him young blood transfusions. Yeah. He's all like kung fu kicking at the end. It's like, I feel fucking amazing. Yeah. Pretty sure that one's not real. But uh, hey, that's, I'm pretty I could sure totally be wrong. I'm pretty sure that's real. Well, These guys don't stay that young looking and that powerful without blood boys. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. Online trolls actually are just assholes all the time. Uh, a new study has found says the internet doesn't turn people into assholes so much as it acts as a massive megaphone for existing ones, <laughs> like podcasts and Twitter. <laughs> In a study published in the American Political Science Review, the researchers used representative surveys and behavioral studies from the U.S. and Denmark to establish the reason why people broadly perceive the online environment as more hostile than offline interaction. Uh... I it's that's that just seems simple to me. I mean, people have some sort of filter when they're in person because the the set of consequences is different and more extreme than when you're just sitting behind a keyboard. Like you could say whatever the fuck you want with pretty minimal consequences. You know, like I guess the the worst that would probably happen is you'll get banned or whatever from the platform that you're you're yelling your, your, your things on. But like you do that in real life, you might get shot, you might get punched, you might get a Molotov thrown at you. <laughs> you know, there's, there, it's like a higher bar of, of uh, consequence. It is. But, okay, let's go to a what if. Now, this is an interesting rollback. Like, okay, say per se, like with her, we teach her not to say certain things. When if we were to just let her say them, like, and everybody just let themselves say them from the get-go, like, and we said what we really meant. I don't and see it what all geckos came out, have to do with this, but okay. Get-go. Oh, yeah. From the beginning. Sure. Like, we didn't make that filter. Like, society didn't make that filter. Then we would all know what the other people are thinking and wouldn't have to guess. No, I feel like people would self-filter still because social mores and like you if you're in tune to the wavelength of like social acceptance and stuff like you're going to get an awkward uncomfortable feeling if you start saying some dumb shit that nobody in the immediate area is vibing with like you're gonna get those looks and if you're if you're autist enough you may not pick up on that like those those sideways glances or those those laser eyes that are like literally telling you to just shut the fuck up right now. You know, like not everybody gets those signals. So I think you would, you would have one set of people going around just saying whatever's on their mind because they don't have that 
that social prowess, I guess, to like pick up on, on subtleties. And then you'd have that other group that, that knows better because they, they can pick up on those things. Okay. Uh, the I team don't... considered the mismatch hypothesis, which in the context of online behavior refers to the theory that there is a conflict between human adaptation for face-to-face interpersonal interaction and the newer impersonal online environment. That hypothesis more or less amounts to the idea that humans who would be nicer to each other in person might feel more inclined to get nasty when interacting <laughs> with other pseudonym. Su- Oh man, pseudonymous. <laughs> Fuck, that's a hard one. Pseudonymous. Nope, pseudonymous. Is that it? Hippopotamus. Pseudonymous internet users. So like, like jumping on a pseudo, bandwagon. Pseudo anonymous, but that's not the word. Is this a typo or a pseudo pseudonymous? <laughs> pseudonymous. Pseudonymous. Is that a word? Hold up. That sounds about right. Hold up. Google, is that a fucking word? Pseudonymous. Writing or written under a false name. I thought that was a pseudonym. So when you use a pseudonym, you are being pseudonymous? That, I mean, I guess that makes sense, doesn't it? Is that? Pseudonymous means having, using, or written under a pseudonym. Okay. So you're a pseudonymous. <laughs> That's a weird fucking word, yo. <laughs> Holy fuck. All right. Uh, yeah. So the researchers found little evidence for that. Instead, their data pointed to online interactions largely mirroring offline behavior with people predisposed to aggressive status-seeking behavior just as unpleasant in person and as behind a veil of online anonymity. And they choosing to be jerks as part of a deliberate strategy rather than as a consequence of the format involved. So people will be jerks because that's like their MO and that's that's their move regardless of the medium that they're being the jerk in, whether it's behind a keyboard or in real life. It's interesting. Is it though? Like, eh. you, I don't know. I just... Is that what your true crime expertise have trained you to expect? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Tell me you like to waste time without telling me you like to waste time. (laughs) True crime. Ugh, ugh. I'm I'm glad you found something you enjoy. I wish it was something else, but that's fine. (laughs) Uh, instead, their data pointed to online uh, interactions largely mirroring offline behavior, right? Uh, they also found some evidence that less hostile people simply aren't as interested in talking about politics on the internet. These results were similar in both the U.S. and Denmark, even though the two countries have very different political cultures with differing levels of polarizations. So hmm. you're still yourself online, but you might just like... Just a little notched up, but not really much different. Maybe it depends on the platform also, right? Because you have like fully anonymous platforms like 4chan, and then you have like semi-anonymous platforms like Reddit, and then you have like not anonymous (laughs) platforms like Facebook, uh, Instagram, stuff like that. Right. And I feel like people probably... I You don't see... (laughs) 
<laughs> probably because of the, the algorithms and the filters, but you don't see the sort of banter on like a Facebook or a YouTube comment feed even uh, as you would on like a 4chan comment feed. And I, I'm sure like it's like that because that's the like that that's that's what people know it as. So it's like a self-fulfilling kind of thing where it's like, Oh, we're 4chan. We're supposed to drop the N bomb and say like the most heinous shit at all times. So that's what we do because that's where we're at. And that's what is expected of us. And uh, you've chosen to put yourself there. Like if you I weren't that I, kind of person, then you wouldn't put yourself there. I think I've gone there four times total. And it was because we were running ads there for baby shark, which was amazing. And yeah, it's it's exactly what you would uh, would expect from a completely anonymous. Uh, I've never been called the N word so much in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. It's uh, it's an interesting place. I'll say that. So, uh, thank you, online trolls and <laughs> 4chan for that. Uh. This dude in Auburn, I guess, had some tenants living there that bailed out and they left a bunch of their tarantulas. And uh, the landlord had to call this dude named Mr. Drew and his animals, too. <laughs> Which what? is like a thing in Auburn, I guess. Um, yeah, they said the landlord discovered a former tenant left behind 15 living tarantulas, four dead ones, and one ball python that had no water. It was getting thirsty. Ooh, the python would be the one I'm most concerned about there, out of all of those. Uh, Des Jardins, Mr. Drew, and his animals, too, uh, not only rescues critters locally, but also rehabilitates them and presents them to the public in educational shows. He took the living spiders and the ball python back to his home and reported they were all doing fine. Uh, all the creatures he discovered, he said, are illegal in Maine, so he's got to relocate them out of state. I couldn't even imagine being a landlord and finding that. The like, like, yeah. and he says he's like the spiders, like they're not dangerous to humans. He said bees are more dangerous than these, but like they're giant spiders. So I mean, <laughs> dangerous or not, like. They just have that uh factor, you know? It's built into the DNA for it to have that uh factor. Yeah, I can't. Uh. He because says uh, they these tarantulas are dangerous. Flick. Spiders are dangerous. Not these ones. No, but for the mo like for the wide majority back in the day, like before we had yeah. all the like specification books, if you're traveling in a, you know, group of just a herd of people. A herd? I'm of calling people? them a herd. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Anyways, a group a of people is called a riot no, or a like tribe. a tribe. Like a tribe. A tribe. <laughs> you and your crew are just traveling a along squad. in your fucking <laughs> out in your covered wagon, just this is going my murder along. Of people. And like you run into a spider, like you're think about it, you always step back. Like even if you're not scared of them, like you still Yeah, I never run towards the spider. <laughs> I always run away from the spider. This is true. And snakes. Yeah, Those snakes. I are... That's the weird thing. I'll run towards a snake. I will not run towards a spider. If a snake was coming at you, I would had you a back snake up? in the lab a while back, and I had to get it out, and I did so with a bucket and a broomstick. 
I don't even know how it got in there. I was like moving some shit and all of a sudden there was a snake there. And I was like, huh, that's dope. You know what I did first? Took a fucking picture of it. That's what I do. I know. And then I went and showed everybody. And then I got a bucket and a mop. I got him out. Thankfully he was still there after all that. I released him into the wild. But yeah, I didn't know if that snake was poisonous or not, but I didn't get that, oh fuck, this thing's gonna like, web me up and fucking suck my blood out feeling. I was just like, oh, no, there's a snake. Like, what's up, dude? I don't know. Like, it doesn't put you on alert at all? Like, No, I mean, if it would have been like... Even for a flinch second. No, if if it would have had like a rattle or like a king cobra, cobra hood and like came at me or something, but it was just like all curled up laying there. I, I don't think it was doing well. See, but we're much more educated about them now. If you were traveling somewhere you didn't know and there was a type of snake there you had never seen before. Yeah, I don't don't know if I would get that same visceral reaction as I would get from a spider. I probably would not have lasted long in the olden days. (laughs) Let's say you're you're going across (laughs) in the Oregon Trail and you see a snake versus like a spider. I, I, I don't know. Well, in that case, if I'm going down the trail, I can smash the fucking spider. Yeah, that's like, all. until snake, your wagon crashes anything and you, about it. you dive dysentery. <laughs> that shit happens. <laughs> oh, shit. I know, but if we're going spider versus snake, like, you're still... So, like, paper, rock, scissors, <laughs> you're saying spider, snake, what, like, mongoose? <laughs> if, I don't know. If paper uh, they beats both rock, just... snake beats spider. I actually saw an interesting video of a rooster or a chicken, maybe fighting a big rat. I put the roosters right up there with them. Yeah, the rooster definitely won. That's right but up there. The rat got in a couple good, good, good jabs, I guess, and then the rooster just like slid its fucking guts open. It was roosters pretty are brutal. mean. Yeah, nature is metal. It's a good subreddit I uh, enjoy every now and again. That would probably be there instead of the mongoose. That fucking rooster, he would be three in that list. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> paper, rock, things. scissors, <laughs> rooster, snake, spider. Rooster beats snake, snake beats spider, spider also gets beat by rooster. Uh, this woman... You see that picture? That's a mug shot, if ever there was one. That's Miss Brewington. Uh, What did Miss Brewington do today? She grew some weed, I guess. She got arrested there in Tennessee. Uh, She told the cops there was maybe an ounce of weed on her farm. (laughs) Uh, According to the 15th Drug Task Force of Tennessee, investigators recovered over 20 pounds of weed and 40 plants from the property. Yeah, unless that's a miniature, that is... Obviously way more than that. They searched a residence nearby and recovered more growing and processed marijuana. Look at all that. Trash bags of it. The woman, who was referred to as Miss Brewington on social media, she was arrested as the Jackson County Sheriff's Office closed out a month-long investigation. The 15th Drug Task Force of Tennessee posted her mugshot on Facebook and added smiley faces over the gesture she made. She's just flipping the birds. She's like old lady just flipping the birds in the air. No fucks left to give. Fuck yeah, that's my weed. 
it's legal here now. Like, what, what the fuck? Uh, they said that the Bureau of Investigation and Tennessee Highway Patrol Eradication Task Force, <laughs> damn, uh, they assisted with the search. Drug Task Force said all drug cases will be presented to the Jackson County Grand Jury. All Poor for lady. some weed, right? Just trying to grow some weed, doesn't, make a little bit of money, and enjoy the rest of her fucking old age. Just doesn't look like her first rodeo. No. Her, her no first I fairly honestly agree with you on that. Weed rodeo. She probably, uh... Tennessee, that's moonshine country? It was, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Wonder if she was, she was doing some moonshining. If she was riding Doc. Uh, let's see. The Lake Havasu had a house explode. A garage that had a bunch of reloading equipment. Uh, be careful if you have reloading equipment, like black powder <laughs> and uh, ammo stacked up there. Because uh, I guess it doesn't take much to spark that stuff, and then it explodes. <laughs> and they said that, uh, according to the neighbors, the resident packed his own ammunition. That ignited as well, and ammo began shooting out of the garage after a huge explosion. Jesus Oof. Christ. Uh, an adjacent neighbor's home was scarred with bullet holes, and the garage door was blown off. Windows were blown out as well. The neighbor, who didn't want to be named, said the man was trying to drive his Polaris out of the garage as it was already on fire. <laughs> hey, you can see the Polaris there. Made it kind of out of the garage, sort of. Sort of, kind of. Sort of. You make it very made far. made it out alive, but... so hey. Yeah. That's, there was this whole fucking thing in Missoula while I was down there. Up there, I guess, would be more accurate. Uh, this guy blew up the ATM. Like, he blew up the ATM. Accidentally? Literally. No, 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 no. Oh. Bomb. He took a bomb over there. And dumbass made it like shrap metal. Like, well, there yeah, was you can't blow something up like that without having it go places, you know? Well, but he stood approximately 10 feet away from it. Oh, yeah. It, the, that ATM was fucked up. Yeah, you definitely got I didn't even gotta, know it like, got fucked up until I went there to put money into it. And I was like... It just wasn't there. No, there was yellow caution tape over the top of it. And I went and told my buddy, I was like, dude, they have to go to the other side of town to do this. It'll be a little bit longer. So, fucking... Yeah, it was... He's like, oh, well, you know, yeah, someone blew that up the other day. So he's like, look it up on YouTube. And I did. And I was like, wow, that's some shit. Why would you do that? Like, yeah. why would you stand Did that he go close? to the hospital? Like, he got, he got fucked up? Uh, yeah, just a little bit. Did he die? No. No. Oh. You definitely got to get behind something. <laughs> I'm not no, like that a... that shit be wide open. I'm not a munitions expert by any means, but I know that if you're going to blow something up like that, uh, you got to get behind something. You know, like the farthest ATM out, like it's not even under the bridge or, you know, the shelter type thing over the top. Was it like a bank or just one of those no, like bank. ATM boxes? It was the bank. That, oh, you know, or, there's like you go to the drive through and, you know, all the way down. There's the there's one that like isn't cameras covered. all over yeah, that. Yeah, shit. that's like, what I'm saying. There's you... video of the whole Jesus fucking Christ. thing. And he didn't even take any money. He was just blowing it up or he got injured. And it, so he couldn't take the money. No, he didn't take the money. He was injured, but... Well, yeah. No, just fucking weird. 
That's what I'm saying. Just stupid. Uh, several small explosions and rapid popping continued as firefighters arrived on scene. After two, uh, more than two hours of firefighting efforts, the garage was a total loss. The wow. man's Polaris sat in the driveway, tires and front melted, and a truck parked inside was destroyed. They did remove three small dogs safely from the house, so there's that. The dogs made it out. Yep, the dogs made it out, and none of the firefighters were injured. So, good well, job. there you go. I guess he was welding in the garage with <laughs> with all wow. the live ammo and shit. Wow, bro, <laughs> you deserved that. I'm glad your dogs got out. You deserved every yeah. bit of that. Sparks ignited the flames, and that was your neighbors that. didn't, and neither did the you know firefighters getting random ammo shot at them. They got crazy looking houses there. Those are like those adobe homes or whatever they're called. They look like clay, kind of. That one, that's like burnt clay now. (laughs) Jeez. Looks like the Taco John's in Missoula. Yeah, it's that that same like stucco that you see out in like the Arizona deserts or whatever. Yeah. Little adobe homes. I didn't know that's what they were called. That's probably not what they're called. (laughs) Let's see. Let's see how close I am. Adobe Photoshop? Adobe Homes. Yeah, look at look at me knowing shit. Ah, see that's nice my drug. Job. That's my drug right there. Look at that. Look at those Adobe homes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adobe is, I believe, Navajo for clay shelter. Are you uh, just making shit up now? Yeah, no, I'm just making up shit. I kind of figured at that point. They're kind of dope though. Like, look at these little huts and shit. You like build one of those yourself, probably. Well, that was kind of the thing. Damn! Look at that shit. Look at the inside of that. That's nice, baby. Damn. I would not live in Tucson, but imagine like putting up one of those here, <laughs> just the, like out in the middle of like the well, fucking. Well, the clay keeps it cool. Like that was part yeah. of the original design before you know it's been updated. So do and they shit. just melt in the rain or what? I mean, I assume the clay has been kilned. I would assume so. It's a big I, kiln. <laughs> I don't know what they do to it, but... You just kiln the whole house? Sure. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's no. pretty epic. Does it kiln itself by being out in the heat all no, year? I, like... don't, I don't know. I might have to ask Puffer about that one. Mm. You ever build any adobe homes? <laughs> <laughs> Could you build me one? Uh, this is pretty sweet. A street thief was caught on CCTV using some dance moves to distract a victim before jacking her 9,000-pound Rolex watch. That's a heavy watch. Just kidding. British pounds. That's about 12 Gs. Uh, it's kind of interesting. You know, usually, like, when people do the pickpocketing, you, like, brush up against somebody to get their attention somewhere else, and then you jack their wallet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy was doing, like, some crazy dance moves and, like, dancing up against this lady and then just jacked her watch. <laughs> uh, the routine was described by police as part Bruce, Bruce Forsyth and part Artful Dodger as he slipped off the woman's watch. Uh, they say that he... He started trying to rob some dude first, and then he failed to steal the man's watch when it snagged on his cuff, so he took off and then found a woman who had a nice watch, uh, and he stole that, and uh, then I guess they caught him. He was grinding up against the woman, flicked out his leg, (laughs) 
<laughs> I need to see this video. Fuck. So this technique uses you, like, the opposite tried to be approach. all sexy on an old woman so, so that he could take her watch and she'd just be like, damn, ain't had none of this in a while. Go for so. it, buddy. And then and then yeah. And then just now Took I have her watch. Her watch. Uh, normally pickpockets try to steal using stealth so you don't even feel it, but this technique uses the opposite approach, <laughs> using excessive contact to misdirect your attention away from the sensation of having your pockets emptied or, in this case, your watch stolen. Wow. He said it was a skill that Touché. took many hours of training to perfect. I've seen the Ronaldinho technique used before, but this offender's particular dance moves were the most bizarre I've ever seen. Part artful dodger, part Bruce Forsyth. I don't know. I don't. I don't know those references. Nope. Sorry. Uh, so, artful dodger sounds familiar. Now I gotta let's see what what else can we learn today. Artful dodger. That sounds like Matrix type shit. Jack Dawkins? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. That's where I know him from. Oliver Twist. The Dodger is the pickpocket, so called for his skill and cunning. <laughs> mm. He is the leader of the gang of child criminals trained by the elderly Fagin. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fagin? Fagin? All right. That's uh, Oliver Twist, ladies and gentlemen. Charles <laughs> Dickens. <laughs> A little Dickens. Tonight. What? Charles Dickens. It's the Dickens. That's where the artful dodger comes from. The Dickens. Okay. And the Fagin. The Fagin. <laughs> Fagin. Fagin? I don't know. I don't understand these these fancied Charles <laughs> Dickens words. Fuck. He put the Dickens the words. That's that's for sure. Uh, and the second theft of the night, Saint. Phillips Cathedral Grounds police said Jarber saying it's coming home in an attempt to divert the woman's attention, although she realized something was wrong and she resisted. And then he twisted her arm before slipping off her designer watch. He was spied in the city center later in the month and arrested. Uh, his mobile phone was examined and police said pictures of a house party showed uh, Abdul Boykhala and Hussein Akhbib who were jailed for the same ruse. Oh, we're just, so this just is taking a, it so back this is to the Dickens. Like, oh, there is he is. OG look, gang. Look at him dancing. He's just like doing the jig. <laughs> and then just jack the, the watch. Oh, is there a video of him actually dancing? Oh, I need to see this. Who's he waving at? What's he? He's like, hey, let me come dance with you. I'm on the phone, but I'll come dance with you. And then he starts talking to the couple, gives them a high five, and then jacks her watch. High five, high five, right there, boom, the watch is gone. She has no idea. And then he dances. Oh, look at him dance. That was pretty good. So it was the app. And then he, oh, he got greedy. He did, then he tried to steal the dude's watch. And that's when he got, oh, okay, okay. See, it's like I my foot's by your balls, and now you're like distracted by it by your balls, and then he he takes the watch off. He tried to get himself untangled, is what happened, and so yeah. he was trying to find his way. To the like it's very artful, Dodger. <laughs> okay. Very fagin of you. <laughs> Damn. 
just I mean, I guess that that's, was some weird looking shit. I guess that's where we're at as a as a society. We're taking it back to the Dickens, back to the 1830s, where Artful Dodger and his merry band of children, <laughs> orphans, <laughs> went out and just stole shit from rich people. I'm down with that. That's that's fine. I know it's there's that there's that middle ground like where I mean the rich people have been stealing from us like it's about time that the turns have tabled but you got to know which ones are actually rich Jeff Bezos okay yeah go for it and dance on him Bezos Mitt Romney and that other dude (laughs) fucking the there that's that's all that's all somebody just needs to go Dickens that guy there's a lot of them yeah but. He's at the top of the list. Do you think they all use those moves? Like would, all of the great companies, Toys R Us, Blockbuster, like all of those companies that went down, it was they they went down by design, which is just mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Like has any business ever actually just failed on its own or was it all because somebody else wanted it? Somebody else that's so crazy. Think about like little businesses. They did the same thing to KB Toys. Like uh, the link I'll put in the show notes. Like I said, it depends how deep you want to go. But like all of these shop, like Radio Shack, <laughs> like all of these shops that I used to know as as a, a young child, you know, looking looking to the face of commerce to to see what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> they all went bankrupt. And I just thought, man, that's that's some shitty luck. You know shitty what? Shitty luck on the whole mall. Not shitty luck. <laughs> Not shitty. He just wanted to put the mall online. And so he killed the mall first. And then he put it online. Some of them would buy together, like, you know, like Sears and Kmart. They before they went out of business, they went together. They tried. No, like they conjoined as one company. That was Mitt's doing. And then from there, they pushed. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> oh, that, that blew my mind when I read it. I, I'm sure that's not going to translate well to the podcast, but I hope that that just shines a little light on, on what's going on a little bit. They're putting the squeeze on each other. That's Who okay. Squeeze. I'm still holding those GameStop shares. Those babies are going to be worth at least $5 million a pop. So... Do you believe so? I I don't fucking know. <laughs> at at this hoping? point, I mean, they could kill everybody on that subreddit, and nobody would bat a fucking eye. So I mean, who knows? Any anything is possible at this point. But if if what I'm reading is like true, then basically the holders can set the price when it comes time to deliver on all of those shorts. So I don't know. It could, in theory, I think it'll crash the uh, financial system before anyone gets a million dollars per share for theirs. But, I mean, who knows? Apes together strong. Fuck. <laughs> this is, yeah, our society sucks. Yeah, it's pretty uh pretty Like, this ballsy. is what we choose to do to each other. Yeah. Is- like instead of build each other together and make one like strong. Oh, no. First, I sucker you into buying my shit coin, and then I take <laughs> off with your money, and I buy GameStop shares, and then somebody else suckers me for my money, and then somebody else suckers them for their money, 
And then eventually Jeff Bezos gets it and he builds enough money to finally fly himself back home. Back home? Back to Uranus. <laughs> wow, Matt. Email wow. info at thejamhole.com. Thejamhole.com. That's the website. Check it out, man. Uh, go win a PlayStation 5. Babysharktoken.com slash blog. Find the pump the baby gimmick and get yourself registered there just educating us today yeah you know just trying to do my part giving back the to the community that has given me so much (laughs) all right well you all have a fantastic week and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next weekend all right hopefully yeah if uh if bezos hasn't put the kibosh on us yet (laughs) we'll we'll see (laughs) all right peace out y'all Watching these debates like what a bunch of noise When the illusion of choice outmaneuvers your voices No one really knows what the fuck is going on here Sitting in the bunker, waiting for the all clear It's like we're getting steered towards the motherfucking iceberg Captain all drunk deciphering where the ice lurks And we thought 2020 was gonna be a nice year Living with the plague like, who brought the mice here? Try to think of it as another simulation Game full of bugs, but it's still fun to play It's like we're aliens, beta testing earth Digging in the dirt Trying to earn a little girth The beast is silent when it defeats the riders Living outside trying to meet this virus If you wanna watch it all burn from the sky rise Delete the science and increase the righteous Living like a jerk, return to feed the worms Vibing like a tree, just breathing out the words Be careful outside, them police is violent Feeling like I finally earned some peace and quiet Piece of pie first, trying to be the fat kid you least admire. Feast of fire when the beasts of burden are getting all bored, but at least we're certain we found the imposter living among us, fussing with hunches. Another big chungus bludgeon. Don't worry, the fungus will clean up the guts and get us to function on fleeting assumptions. I see through the rust from rush to rush. Now we're stacked up like a bunch of junk. So hush your muff before we stuff your luck and break your fucking neck to this like bust a bust. Bleeding impulsive, the meeting controls it When breathing corrosive, no eating the bullshit Feeling the worth like it's gonna be a good year Now we're all tired, stop treading on the work here